of the Growing Faith Podcast. My name is Rick McClatchy and I am excited to be your host today as we continue on this great journey with my friend Mark Jones. I continue to go through his book Unscripted and the principles to developing intimacy with God. And uh, we, we left you hanging last time on the episode we were doing on the topic of listen. I felt like we had some really great conversation there. Uh, Mark, and as as it should be, as we we're talking about your book, Unscripted, a lot of what we talked about was pretty unscripted. We definitely went off script and kind of just shared our hearts and talked about uh, some real life examples of some of the things we were talking about and listening to the Lord. Um, and so kind of ran out of time really to be able to dig in to uh, these four points that we want to give people just some real practical steps and how to listen to the Lord. Um, but what we talked about last time was uh, the foundation of it being it all flowing out of a relationship with God. So I just want to continue to to beat that drum every single time. This is not a task to be accomplished. This is a, a person to be with. God wants you to come and be with him. God wants you to know him. Just like we were talking about from Philippians 3, the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ like that. Nothing else compares. Nothing else, you know, holds a candle to it. Like it, uh, knowing him is what it's all about. Uh, it is not the hokey pokey. It is knowing Christ. And so, uh, Mark, thank you for being here today. How are you doing this this great morning? Doing good. Glad to be here. Glad to be with those that are in listening. This is an honor and a blessing to just share our hearts and share the word of God and talk about this subject. It's uh, it's such a uh, so dear to my heart. I know that God, uh, pulled me out of the, a dark place and, and set me on himself. And it's all been related to just spending time with him and, and getting to know him. And so this is, couldn't be dearer to my heart. So glad to be here. Come on. So good. So we talked about it being, uh, built on a relationship with God. We talked about kind of the process of learning to listen to God's voice, you know, kind of walk through the journey of Samuel in the temple with, uh, with Eli. And, you know, he like, he, you know, he felt like the, somebody was calling out to him. And I love how he got it wrong a couple of times, but the Lord kept calling to him. And, and then Samuel finally, you know, got it dialed in and, and said, Hey, speak Lord, your servant hears. And, uh, and that was the beginning of a pretty powerful, probably one of the, maybe the most powerful prophetic ministries recorded in scripture as it actually says not a single word that he prophesied fell to the grounds. And so, wow. Um, so God speaks to us through his word. So we just talked about the importance of digging in to the word of God consistently daily um, so that it can become a part of who we are. Um, you know, a couple of great scriptures in the book of Psalms that talk about the value of hiding God's word in our hearts and taking heed unto the word of God so that we can stay pure, stay out of sin, walk in righteousness. I mean, never mind, you know, just in Psalms one, you know, taking heed unto the word of God, meditating day and night, that that's how you, you, you be fruitful in all seasons with fruit that doesn't, that doesn't give way, you know, the leaves that don't wither, you know, like, man, what a, what incredible promises come out of being people that are dedicated to the word of God 
And then uh, really, as we build up a solid bank of the word of God in our hearts, it allows the Holy Spirit to more freely speak to us throughout the day um, through our heart. Uh, because we've built in then a good scriptural filter so that we understand that the, because, uh, you know, there is scripture that tells us our hearts are desperately wicked, you know, <laughs> who can know it. So you want to be careful about the old adage of just follow your heart. So we want to be careful about that because your heart can definitely lead you astray. But as you uh, fill, as you hide the word of God in your heart, there is a transformative, redemptive process that happens in your heart that then begins to make the, the declarations of your heart, you know, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The more that we pack the word of God into our hearts, the more the word of God flows from our hearts. Um, and then we want to tune out distractions, talked about our noisy, crazy world. And so now we just want to dig into four uh, simple yet profound uh, points for how, how to kind of walk out this listening journey. And so uh, the first, I'll, I'll give all four of them and then we'll talk through them. So draw near, be still, delight in the Lord, and then the process of journaling. Um, so why don't you kick us off, uh, Mark, with the, the draw near point? Well, I, I think that, you know, we're talking about hearing God's voice or listening. And, and, and so we're talking about a relationship. And, and so in James, it says, draw near to God. And uh, or before it says, draw near to God, it actually says, submit, therefore, to God, resist the devil and he'll flee. Draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. And I, I find it interesting that it says, to submit, therefore, that's surrender. We talked about that in our first week, which you said is kind of the cornerstone of this. It's kind of the cornerstone of our life in terms of intimacy with God. If we don't start with that on the cornerstone of Christ, because he died for us, and as we surrender to him, then we're in relationship with him, and then the flow of the Spirit can happen through us. And so it says, submit, therefore, then it says, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. I find it interesting that between drawing near and resisting or and submitting is this kind of warfare that goes on. So I want to say to the listeners, if you're experiencing a warfare in drawing near to God, that and because there is one. The Lord, the enemy doesn't want you to draw near, to be close to, to be in proximity with, to be in relationship, to be in a comfortable relationship, to be in that relationship where he could correct you, adjust you, speak to you, direct you, and you'll go, don't go this way, go that way. And you just move that you just like Abraham, you moved out and went into, we'll talk about that in obedience, but this whole dynamic of drawing near, and I wanted just to share one scripture in this, and it says Jesus, because he's our example. If, there, if there's an example, we want to go to Jesus, because we want to know that we're on solid ground. But it said Jesus in Mark 135, Jesus, that says, before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. And I thought, wow, we're not, we're 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 not we're just discovering this whole idea of closeness, of intimacy, of proximity. And what we've realized, if we're if listeners aren't meeting with the Lord, and 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 believe me, we're all just it, we're all just one day at a time. If we met with them today, we're planning to meet with them tomorrow. It can be stolen in a minute. 
But this whole idea that Jesus got up early before daybreak and went out to an isolated place to pray, to be with his father, to be in relationship, to hear, to commune, to express love, to get direction, honestly. Uh, it doesn't say what happened there. And I think a part of that mystery is, is we're supposed to discover what happened there. We're supposed to enter into the discovery of proximity. Now we're, we're stuck in time and space. We carry the Holy Spirit with us. But if we're going to meet with the Lord like Jesus did, then we're going to have to <laughs> make a decision. And we've talked about it all through this is get there. It, it not get there because it's something, a duty you have to do. Get there because the opportunity for a relationship is there like anyone. If you don't, if you make an appointment with someone and don't get there, there that encounter didn't happen. We could make an appointment to do this podcast. If one of us didn't show up, it ain't going to happen. And so, so, and yet even inside of this podcast, you and I sharing our life, we're getting closer. We're getting closer with the listener because there's an interaction going on. They're interacting with our, our words. There's an interaction, you know, and, and yet, and when we meet them, they might think, oh, I already know you because you were talking, you shared something, you shared life, you were with me. No, I wasn't with you physically, but I was with you technically. <laughs> but, but they wouldn't think that. There's people that we actually think we know because we've listened to them so much. We're like, we know them. No, but they don't know me. But in this case, in time and space, we've got to have a physical meeting. <laughs> and I know we carry the Lord around, but the beauty is, and I want to say this again and draw near to God. One, that there's going to be a resistance to it. Expect it. Because out of it is going to come everything you're going to ever all that you're dreaming is going to come out of, of knowing him. So there's a resistance and then there's the getting there. There's the actual meeting. There's the time together. So I just, I just, I want to wrap around this idea of draw near is that you are doing that. You're drawing near to the creator of the universe. He's invited you through the blood of Jesus, the sacrifice and the resurrection of Christ. He's invited you, uh, Ephesians 2.18. Now we can all come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for you. The invitation has gone out. Now we, we just have to spend time. So that's my idea, or that's the ideas that come to life when I think of drawing near. Yeah, it's just... Uh... I mean, it, it's really the first step of listening. You know, I think if you're, you're in a crowded room and you want to talk to someone, you got, you got to get close to them. You got to like, I mean, especially in these days where we're always wearing masks everywhere we go. Um, you know, sometimes you got to like, you know, it's not exactly social distancing, right? Like you got to, you got to get up close to like, what, what are you saying? I, I, I need to hear, I need to hear what you have to share with me. And so just in putting it in that natural context, like if you want to hear, if you want to listen to the voice of God in your life, you've got to draw near like you. And, and it's weird because it's not a physical, it's not a physical thing. It's, you know, we're like we talked about in the last episode, how do you connect to someone who who is a spirit? You know, like, how do I even, how do I even understand that concept? 
but if we want to hear someone, we want to understand what they have to share with us. We have got to get close to them so that we can hear what they're, what they have to say. And especially if they're speaking in a still small voice. And, um, and so then to kind of follow right up along with that in the, the next step of being still. So, uh, first you draw near, but if, if I, if I want to hear what you have to say, Mark, and I draw near to you in a busy crowded room, and I won't shut up. I just keep talking and talking and talking. Uh, I'm, I know I've definitely uh, been guilty of this at times where I meet someone and I just get like talking about this story. And that reminds me of that story. And I know none of my friends listening right now have any idea what I'm talking about. Um, and, and then I walk away and I think, man, I, I actually don't I don't know anything about that person now because I didn't take the time to ask them a couple of key questions and then hear their heart to listen to what they have to share. And, and sometimes that can be the problem. We draw near unto the Lord, but then we spend all of our time telling him all the things, which again, we talked about how good it is to share all the things God wants you to share all the things he wants you to tell him all that stuff. But talk to me about being still. Well, I just, I, I, I realize that the whole idea of be still is to just basically be quiet. It's a, it's just an idea. It says, be still and know that I'm God. Uh, uh, you, that can also be said, be still and know that I am just to, I mean, be still and experience the word. No, there's experience. I am. So there's a whole dynamic that comes with us just quieting ourselves. We can't hear unless we're quiet. But I don't want to talk about just talking because we could get together with the Lord and he would love to hear us talking. But when this idea be still, it's different, I believe, because our, our minds are so noisy. It's very difficult to be still. It's very difficult to quiet. In Psalm 62, uh, verses 1, it says, I wait quietly before God. For my victory comes from him. Now, now, if you think it's easy to be still or to be quiet or to just silence all the noise in your mind, you need to try it. Actually, what we try to do is fill our mind with noise to keep it busy because there's so much tension. And, and so God wants us to be quiet before him in our inner world. He wants our mind to settle down because inside of our interior is our mind, our will, and our emotions. And if, 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 if it, it hasn't been trained to be quiet, it'll be noisy. The emotions, I can't believe they did that. You wake up, I can't believe they did that to me yesterday. I'm still irritated. I'm still nursing that offense. And I remember once I got bitter and I was nursing offense for three years till I hated two people, finally confessed that before a whole group. That was about 30 years ago. <laughs> obviously wasn't meeting with the Lord every day so he could deal with it a little sooner than, than that. But because it, <laughs> but the point being is that, that it's difficult. So when I woke up after asking forgiveness and, 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 and sharing that story, I woke up the next morning in tears because I didn't have anything to think about because I'd been nursing this offense and this hurt for so long. It had grown so big in my mind. There was no room to be quiet. It was, it was louder than loud. Now, a friend of mine said this. He goes, I've been meeting with the Lord for years, but I was going to try to be quiet in the morning. 
And he said his, 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 his heart, his mind, will, and emotions were so noisy. I mean, inside of him. <laughs> that he said he, he tried to be quiet and everything was speaking inside of him. I was thinking about this, thinking about that, dude. And he said he had to jump up and say, shut up, quiet down. I want to be quiet before the Lord. He was actually having to, to, to speak to his own soul. <laughs> To be quiet <laughs> so he could listen. Now listen to that in Psalm 62. When I wait quietly before God for my victory comes from him. I'm thinking, wow, powerful. We're sitting in quiet and God is performing a victory. How many need a victory that are listening on, on this podcast? Need God to uh, enforce something, do something, accomplish something, go before you. It says, he alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress where I will never be shaking, shaken. This place of quiet, be still and know that I'm God. This place of getting to is a place of peace. You said it in, in Isaiah 26, three, he shall keep us in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee who trusteth in thee. This place, the word stayed there means to lean on, to, to lean into, to cling to, to hold on to. I'm thinking, and he's calling it here, uh, he's a rock in our salvation. This whole idea, I, I don't even know till we attempt to be still, to hear, that we'll realize how noisy things are. And if you think this is simple, it's not. I've just been practicing this recently. And, of course, I have all kinds of things in the morning I love to do. And it isn't about what I do. It's about meeting with the Lord. So it's all around that, obviously. But I just sometimes had to turn off the music and turn everything off and just see if I'm still, if I'm quiet. Or if I'm like my friend, everything is still so noisy, I can't hear anything. So I, I believe this whole idea of being still is to quiet our inner world before the Lord. So he can speak into our hearts. That's so good. It's such a... So that's a great, uh, not really clarification, but addition onto that topic. It's not just the words that you speak with your mouth, you know, that you need to quiet, but, but the, the voices, the, the noise in our heart and spirit, in our mind, you know, like <clears throat> that's, uh, that can, I don't know, that can be a noisy, distracted place, uh, even when your mouth is closed and you are, you know, being quiet, being still. Um, and so that is such a well-received point. Um, and so so once we take the the initiative, we draw near, um, we, we fight through that battle of being still. Um, so now we've kind of gotten to this place that our next point is to delight in the Lord. And, and I know that that word delight is like to take extreme pleasure in um it's like for for someone that maybe has never really been there and they just they read that and they, or they hear those words delight you know delight in the lord we know that the, the scriptures say delight yourself in the lord he'll give you the desires of your heart and so you know people perk up a little bit and they go oh 
I, I want the desires of my heart, you know? And so I better figure out, I better figure out how to delight in the Lord. You know, I mean, if that's the, if that's the secret, um, and I know there's a bunch of ways you can kind of read that scripture, you know, like, uh, when you delight yourself in the Lord, he actually changes your heart. So he changes the desires of your heart. So he's able to give you the desires of your heart because your desires end up matching his desires. And that's really where real life and real fulfillment come from. Uh, but there is still this question of what does it mean? How do I, how do I delight myself in the Lord? So I just, you know, I'd be love to hear your thoughts on that topic. Well, in Psalms 37, four and five, we're talking about take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. And I think you've, you've hit it on the head there. I think that it, in terms of we want to fulfill his wills. We, and, and, and so we don't come to, to, to him with our personal desires, like what we want to do. We come to him and delight in him that he would give us the desires of his heart, that he would put inside of us what he wants to do that day, what he wants to accomplish, what he wants. I always, you know, as we go through the 40-day worship challenge, it's strange about life. I, I've never and in meeting with the Lord over these, these years. Prior to the 13 or 14 years prior, I was just building up all these cases in my head of anxiety to almost the point of a nervous breakdown. 13 or 14 years ago, or 12 or 13 years ago, started meeting with the Lord every day. And then I noticed that the things I wanted to get done weren't the things necessarily that he wanted to get done. So there was kind of a collision. And as the surrender continued, he began to open up and put in, in, in my heart what he wanted to do, what he wanted to accomplish, what he wanted to get done. And I, I, I noticed something happening through this process is the things I thought were important <laughs> weren't as important. And the things I thought were super important or, or weren't, the things I thought were important weren't as important. And the things I didn't think is important, I suddenly realized these are important. But I never until just even right here realized what was happening in there. But that there was a, there was a transformation of the heart. There was an implanting of God's purposes and thoughts inside of our heart. There was a, there was a, a sowing of his will into, into my heart, which is unique to me. What I do is going to be different than what the person next to me does, but they're going to be also doing his desires and fulfilling his will. Then the person next to them, they're different, but they're the desires of God for them and what they're going to do. And as we're all receiving his desires, then he's releasing his purposes in and through us. And that's where it says every joint supplies and everybody does their own special work. That every one of us is unique and every one of us is purposed in God, but it's in that secret place. Like Moses who turned aside to the burning bush. I'm not sure that was the first thing on his mind, what the Lord was going to speak to him. And then even as he was speaking to him, he had some little uh, uh, comebacks. And, and, and the same with Gideon. He says, you're a valiant warrior. He was putting his desires into Gideon, but he said, I'm the least. I don't he needed a few fleeces and he needed a dream. And he and, and God was so gracious to lead him into becoming that valiant warrior. 
through the process of leading and guiding and directing. And so that's what I believe. Delight means to be soft and pliable. It means to be a play in our heart where that place as we're delighting in him, he can implant, he can give us the desires of his heart. Because ultimately the thing that is going to fulfill us is being with him. He's got a plan that he's executing in the earth and he wants us to be a part of it. So as we join with him, he imparts into us his plan and purpose for us in the bigger plan and purpose that he has because he knows that will be the only thing that will fulfill us in our life. And so it comes back to delighting, I believe. It comes back to being soft and pliable in those moments with him. Surrender brings us into it. Celebrating him with worship brings us into it. Meditating on his word. That's the seed, it says, as the sower. It says in the parable of the sower that the seed is the word of God. God wants to, but he's got to plant it in rich, fertile soil. And that's our heart. And I believe that what delighting does, it, it cultivates that or it prepares the soil. It removes the rocks and the sticks and the stumps. And it, it gets the furrows in line, alignment with his will and rhythm with his heart. And God begins to plant through his word, his desires in us. And we begin a growth process, an organic change that happens that can bring forth 30, 60, 100 fold. And it all starts with that surrender moment, the celebration, the meditation. Then it goes on to opening decompartmentalizing as we like to say you and i like to say and and we start opening the whole thing up you know it it doesn't you know i always say that any unsurrendered area in our life will be snared if we're holding on to an area we won't surrender it. it's that area that's connected to the flesh that's connected to the worldly things that's connected to a, an unseen world that's trying to drive forces. And so it's it's constantly letting the Holy Spirit, that's where conviction comes in and change comes in. And oops, you said that yesterday comes in because the Lord's constantly keeping the, the bad seed, the thorns and the thistles out of the garden. He's constantly cultivating out the rocks and the sticks and the debris that gets in there. He's constantly uh, coming in and changing us. So when I think of delight, I'm thinking of rototilling. I'm thinking of preparation. I'm thinking of a dynamic where we're in this relationship with the Lord and he has something for us to do. And, uh, you know, people that fear when, oh, if I give all my life, Lord, am I going to this country? Am I going here? Or I have to do what a I'll marry who I don't want to, or, or what, I mean, whatever, whatever fears assail them, you know, like, like trying to stop them from the most, but God's not asking us to figure out the future. That's what's the mistake is. He's asking us to delight in him. <laughs> now, I think that's a pretty bold invitation. I think it's something that we've got to pause and say, what does that look like now to draw near, to be still, to quiet me 
myself in the inner man, to delight myself in my creator. What is going to come from this? And, and you know what? We can go to people like Billy Graham and we can go, oh, <laughs> he, he even said his best years of delight. You know when they were? I just read something. Was when he grew too old, too old to travel. And he lived a life out where he could just spend time with the Lord all day long. And it was mm. just a season of intimate closeness. Now that's after he practically evangelizes the entire world. So I'm thinking, but that's back to when he was a young man. When did he, when did those seeds, when did God say, I want you to evangelize the whole world? When did he put in his heart? I just wonder if you could take it out to down to the interior of a person, seed planted and impregnated into the heart. When those moment, real moments were, because what we see is the fruit of people's life. Oh, I want to do that. Or I want to do that. No, no, do this, do this, because this is what got them there. And so I don't know, I think like Billy Graham, it was just one journey of delight because even when he couldn't any longer preach, teach or prophesy to the world, he was just spending his last days. It was years, I know. He was just off the circuit, off the trail and yet just abiding, just being with the Lord. So all those words, makes sense when we bring it into this intimate exchange, this idea of closeness, this idea of quieting before the Lord and then delighting in his presence. Just, I wonder if we delighted so much that so much wouldn't matter anymore. I just wonder, I'm not there. I'm just growing in the grace, but, I think something he has for us is truly be above and beyond. And we can just find ourselves there. He's going to do it. Yeah. I think it's just the whole, the whole delight delight in the Lord is just continuing to, to harp on the fact that we don't, we don't want to push anybody towards tasks and duty and, you know, like an assignment. Um, there is a, there is a scheduling, you know, set time, set place, set plan. Cause you know, if you're going to grow in relationship, you, you kind of, you set up parameters, uh, for that, for your ability to grow in relationship with that person. And so, um, but to remember that it, this is supposed to be a delight. This is supposed to be something where, I mean, we really were, we're created in the image of God. We're created to bring honor and glory to his name. And, uh, and he is most, most glorified, you know, when we are most satisfied in him, like when we, when we are, man, when the, when the trappings of the world lose their pull on you, because you're so satisfied with your relationship with the Lord, with all that he is um, kind of downloaded into you, um, that, that speaks such a loud uh, message to the world, you know, that, that peace and the lack of worry and the lack of striving and fretting for, for all different kinds of things, you know, just that, 
the peace of God that transcends all understanding, you know, blow boggles people's minds, you know, like, how do you live the way you live? How do you act the way you act? How do you, how do you be like you are in the midst of this crazy season? Um, and so, uh, that's just such a, such a powerful, uh, thought there of just delighting in the Lord. So drawing near being still delighting in the Lord. And then our last point, um, on this topic is journaling. And, and I think it's best just kind of summed up in the idea of he's got good things he wants to say, right? Like, that's why we've gone through this whole, this whole conversation, you know, two episodes, you know, just to talk about listening because he has something that he wants to say, something that he wants to impart to you. And, um, and, and if people out there are anything like me, man, you can, you can have this great thought in the morning, like, wow. That was a great thought, you know, and that really encourages me. And by 1015, I've completely forgotten whatever that was. And it actually ceases to be uh, helpful to me because I can't remember it. If I could remember it, then I could continue to draw encouragement and strength from that word. Um, and so, uh, but for me, if I take time in the morning to write down that thought. So that's really like, if that's the only thing I did, it, it actually increases my ability to remember that thought. I think exponentially, I think really it's like, it's hard to even measure how much more effective I am at being able to remember that word simply because I took time to write it down. Um, and there's lots of tools and lots of ways that you can journal and, but really it, it, not to get caught up in the, the how to's. I mean, there's some great uh, previous podcast episodes on, the here journal method and, and a couple of other places where we talked in the spiritual formation section about, about journaling, but really the core, the why of journaling is, Hey, you're meeting with the God of the universe who loves you dearly and, and has things he wants to impart to you, things for you to do things for you to become things for, you know, things for you to know um, just maybe even just his love for you and his, his steadfast love that never ceases his mercies that never come to an end, but are new every morning and his faithfulness that never fails. And, uh, so just think about all those things. And, um, and I always tell the story about, I had a boss and, uh, he called me into his office one day and I, I hopped up and when it went into the office, you know, trying to be responsive and quick. And uh, he's like, uh, you didn't bring anything to write with. You didn't bring a notebook. And I'm like, uh, no. And he's like, I got things I need to tell you. I need you to be able to write them down so you can remember them so you can do them. I was like, oh, oh, that makes sense. And so I've always thought to myself, you know, if, if I would go through the trouble to bring in a notebook and a pen to be able to record the things that my boss is saying to me so that I can faithfully execute the plans that my boss wants me to execute, why in the world would I not come prepared um, to, to record the things that the God of the universe wants to impart into my life? Um, and so, again, not out of duty, not out of another thing to do, not of another box to check, but out of a like, man, if you're going to spend time with the Lord every day, record some of it, you know, like write that stuff down. Um, and actually, there's even... Uh, neuroscience that would that would say the power of journaling writing stuff down with your hand you know not even not even typing but actually actually writing you know with your hand with a pen 
um, and actually helps change your way of thinking faster than if you just simply think about it, which is kind of weird, but there's some, some powerful dynamic that's unlocked when you engage your physical body in processing, uh, you know, in this case, spiritual truths that helps your brain begin, your mind begin to process and assimilate the information um, quicker than if you just think about it or just hear it. So um, I don't know, did you have any, any other thoughts you wanted to throw in on, on the journaling topic there? Well, just the uh, one, one, one just big is journaling is capturing the God thoughts. I think you don't, we, Wendell Smith always used to say, and such a great leader in our movement, he's passed away, but he always said a short pencil is better than a long memory. And he did amazing things for the Lord, but I always remembered his, uh, his Bible and he loved, and he loved jotting things down. So when God would speak to him in the morning or during the day, you know, everyone can have their method, you know, with pastor Wendell, I, he might've had physical journals, like, like notebook type journals, but I, I watched him just, he would capture the God thoughts on sticky notes and put them in his Bible. He had them everywhere because they were ideas for messages. They were thoughts he had, a book he wanted to write. A, but he knew that they weren't coming from him in, the sil in that still place, in that he was able to hear. And, it, and once we're starting to hear, you know, God wants us to capture those, just like you said. He doesn't want them to be like the seed that's planted on the hard ground, and by the afternoon, the birds picked it off. And like, oh, yeah, what did the Lord say to me? Or I had a good idea a week ago. Or No, he wants you meditating on those thoughts, mulling over those, as well as the Word of God. But he also, he's impregnating you, is what we talked about with his word and his spirit is, is bringing life, like you said, an impartation. And there's life in these words. And as we write them down, I remember a friend of mine, just as we end, <laughs> it, was a, it was an amazing story, but he says I can share it. But he, had, he didn't meet with the Lord for like 30 days because he had some company or something. He always meets with the Lord. He loves the Lord. But for some reason, for 30 days, he woke up so isolated one day. <laughs> the Lord spoke his name and said, I haven't gone anywhere. And he just said, oh, so he had felt so isolated because he wasn't in proximity. He wasn't in closeness. He was just about the daily tasks. And he said that the isolation felt like he could taste it. It was so weird. And yet the Lord says his name and says, I'm, I haven't gone anywhere. And he goes, oh, well, anyway, over this the Lord every morning and journals everything. And he said, Mark, I want to show you my journal. I want to show you what God's talking to me about. Now, I am, I guarantee you, if he hadn't written down what the Lord said, he couldn't have remembered five things that he told me. That took three Sundays, an hour and a half, every Sunday for Sundays, for me to hear over a period what the Lord had spoken to him every single day for 40 days. I was blown away. It was like I was in intimacy with him 
in God. I can't even explain it. It was so dynamic. So these are intimacy journals. These are, I want us to, <laughs> anything we could say that would break this out of some, oh yeah, I know that, I got that. No, <laughs> we don't want, oh, I've got that figured out. It, it, what, what mystery God speaks to us. He speaks life to us. Anyway, let's capture the God thoughts. Let's, let's some way get them down so we can just rehearse them in, in such a beautiful way. Bless you. I'm sorry I took that much time. Oh, that's so good. I, I think that's a great way to wrap up that thought is just uh, capturing the God thoughts. So that doesn't become, again, another thing to do, but it kind of puts it in that context of like, no, this is about understanding the very things that like we meet with God to know him, but he also has things he wants to impart to us. And, and we're, we're, but dust, right? Like we're, we're frail human beings and we just forget stuff and we don't. And so um, in order to give, I love that the, the short pencil is a much more valuable than a long memory. Um, so today, what we've talked about is drawing near being still delighting in the Lord and then in that process, as we draw near and we be still and we delight in the Lord, he's going to, he's going to share things with you. He's going to impart things to you. And the best way to be able to really track with that is, uh, is through just a habit of journaling that, that you come to the presence of God and you go, Hey Lord, I know you're going to speak to me today. So I came prepared. I came prepared to be able to record some of this stuff so I can, so I can, you know, kind of revel in it and, uh, and meditate on it later. And, uh, and then a lot of times, at least for me, a lot of times when I go back and I, and I reflect on, and I, you know, I reread some of the things it actually, then God deepens the the thought later. Um, Cause it was like in the moment, a quick thought. And then I begin to like dig into it a little bit more. And I'm like, Oh no, like there's more here. And the Lord begins to even kind of expand on that thought. And you're like, oh my gosh, there's so much here. This is so good, you know. But I would have missed it if I hadn't uh, if I hadn't recorded it. I hadn't captured that, um, and then be able to go back over it again. And so, um, I think that's just some really good stuff. I'm really glad that we took a whole episode just to talk about these pieces, so we don't feel rushed um, in covering them. So, draw near, be still, delight in the Lord, and then and then learn the discipline, the uh, the privilege really of journaling. And so um, awesome. Well, again, Mark, thank you so much again for taking time to invest in this. You are a real treasure. Uh, you've been a real blessing to the show so far. I know we still have one more key to talk about. So it would be great to welcome you back for another episode. And we'll get that down um, to be able to kind of complete this unscripted journey. And uh, with that, again, uh, to you guys out there listening, thank you so much for taking the time to listen uh, to this episode. We'd love it if you would think of two or three friends to share it with. <clears throat> Just grab the link on whatever platform you're listening to the to the podcast and share it with people. Also, it'd be great if you can uh, rate and comment and review the podcast as it kind of helps put us up to the top of lists so other people can find us. Love to be a blessing to as many people as possible and you can help make that happen. So thank you for your support in that. And uh, if you want to reach out to me, you can reach me at Growing Faith Podcast at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. And with that, we just say a big hearty God bless you and may you have the most amazing day.